Hello, friends, and welcome to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard, and you can find more information about the program by visiting our Facebook page, Trenton 365 Show. You can follow us on Twitter, at Trenton 365, and uh, the website, Trenton365.com. If you're watching, it's over WPHY, Channel 25, covering Mercer County, New Jersey. And you're listening live over WIMG 1300 on the AM dial, New Jersey's oldest radio station and stellar award-winning station as well. Website and Twitter, WIMG 1300. In the studio with me is Tina Lamar, who is from Sheltered Yoga. And I'm going to emphasize sheltered because of... prepping for this. I was calling it something else, but Sheltered Yoga, and the website is shelteredyoga.com, and we're going to get into a bunch of different things, talking about yoga, talking about Tina, and uh, in general, about how yoga for life, yoga for charity, and a wonderful event that Tina has coming up as well. So uh, join me as I welcome Tina Lamar to the Trenton 365 show. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to be here. Awesome. A little nerve-wracking, but so nice. (laughs) Well, folks, you'll, you'll notice right away that Tina is a yogini, so she's got that, that cool, smooth, relaxed um, sound in her voice, etc., and um, that is just who she is. So, uh, Tina, why don't you get right into talking about who you are as a person and uh, why you're in this region? Okay. Um, I have been teaching yoga or practicing yoga um, since 93 and I had a full, a uh, for-profit yoga and wellness business for 20 years around there. And um, it did very well. It was uh, right when the wave hit of yoga, or a little right before the wave hit of yoga. But the last 10 years that I was um, in my for-profit, which was mostly, uh, I had a kind of a niche market because it was private yoga in people's homes, but it was also corporate yoga. And um, with the market kind of changing and also just my idea of what yoga should be and and how inclusive it should be, uh, the last 10 plus years I've been kind of like going around doing research, also going to a lot of different locations where they maybe in those locations they would never actually have a chance to have yoga. Uh, and meditation, mindfulness study. So um, I learned a lot over the course of these last 10 plus years and really it changed my whole way of thinking about how to approach yoga and that's how Shelter Yoga was born, mm-hmm. which was, um, we're a, a, a young nonprofit, so it's 2014 we started. But we've been very busy uh, Thank goodness, it's lovely. (laughs) And um, I think in a good way and a bad way, we've been very busy because uh, Sheltered Yoga actually works in all um, disadvantaged, I I hate this term, but like disadvantaged or at-risk communities. It's like really um, we work in alternative schools in and around uh, Trenton area. We work in residential or uh, transitional housing units. We work in shelters, we work in emergency shelters, we work in uh, foster care, 
homes or uh, placement homes. And we are mostly, we do a lot, most of our work in and around Trenton and Mercer County. And we do also work in Camden and Philly. Mm-hmm. So let's do this. And, and I agree with you. Um, about using the term disadvantaged or alternative because it kind of it, mm. it gives this stigma immediately uh, I think most people when they hear that the first thing they think is poverty yeah uh, people of color whether that's Latino yeah. Hispanic or African American or or something of, of that nature so let's let's try before the end of the show come up with another term that we can use and then we'll start tonight of trying to change people's perceptions and uh, their terminology so we can come up with something a little bit better there. So we're going to try to eliminate using disadvantaged mm-hmm. or ad, uh, alternative as, as a verb to describe a segment of people, of human beings and a population. So I, I still want to go back a little bit further. I mean, you said that you started in 93 with, uh, with yoga. Um, yeah. What made you become interested in yoga and, and I want mm. to, to drill down on that a bit because approximately around that time is when um, the holistic wave really hit the east coast of the country um, I went and got nationally certified as a massage therapist and similarly um, used that as an opportunity to do a lot of outreach through the church where I was working um, or where I was worshiping and also doing a lot of sports massage related work as well. So we're right around that that same time frame of this whole holistic approach to better health. So in 1993, what led you to get involved in yoga? That's a good question. It's actually um, how I started yoga is a bit selfish because I had a lot of stuff going on, um, mentally and physically. So uh, the physical side of it was that uh, I... I actively have scoliosis. I have had it for most of my life. It's curvature of the spine. I have two areas with bad curves in my neck and my lower back. So I played a lot of sports growing up, and as you play more sports, and especially um, they didn't have all of these kind of like sensitivities of concussions and everything else. They just let you play. You could have shins once you couldn't barely walk and you were out running. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, so my lower back got uh, it, it just became really weak. I was visiting with my brother in Indiana at the time. I was flying home. I, the bing went off on the plane. I stood up from the aisle seat. And this was way back in my uh, like mid-20s, early 20s when you could have big, heavy luggage and bring it on the plane and nobody cared. <laughs> And uh, this woman pulled her luggage out, and she never put her hand under the heavy end of the luggage. And at the same time that I was standing, the luggage hit the top of my head, and I just went straight down. I didn't feel it in my head. I felt it in my lower back because, you know, when you're stressed or you have uh, trauma, it will go to the weakest spot in your body. And so physically, that was my lower back at the time. Uh, I got structured out of the plane. I couldn't bear, I couldn't walk. I couldn't hold myself up. Uh, they put me in a wheelchair. My neighbor came and picked me up. And for four months, really, I was um, sort of just on hands and knees climbing around my apartment. And I rehabbed myself only with yoga and breathing 
and also Advil. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it was all of the yoga stretches, and it was uh, almost like really slow range of motion stretching, uh, just kind of feeling, you know, how my body was going, and then it, it opened up from there, and it took a while. It took almost six months for me to be able to actually uh, feel better and feel able to walk, and I thought I would never run again. I thought I would never play sports again. Now um, I run half marathons and marathons. Um, on the other side of it, the mental side, from a young, uh, I think, grammar school, it started, and then definitely through middle school, I suffered from, which I think a lot of people do, anxiety that turned into panic attacks, which if anyone has had those, you know it feels like you're having a heart attack and you have no control over your body. Um, and then it moved on to, I think it's like 0.8% of people or 0.08 or something percent of people that have panic attacks and anxiety get agoraphobia, which that's pretty much my personality. Like if I go into something, I go full on. So <laughs> of course I got every symptom. <laughs> and so agoraphobia is, is like, you feel like you don't wanna leave the house. You can't be in a car um, with a lot of people, you have to be driving. You can't be in a line at like the supermarket. You get stressed out about being in line. There's a lot. Like I would never have been able to do this interview. And it was only because I tried everything. I did everything. I changed my diet. I exercised. I did everything. Yoga was the only thing that worked. Yoga, really, this was more of a meditation and breathing that was the thing that. Uh, ultimately was a big change in my life. Mm. And it, so when people ask me why did I start yoga, I usually say to them, it, it saved my life. Mm. I, I was no longer a victim of my pain and of my brain, like my mind telling me things that I didn't want to hear. Mm. Now, was, were you introduced to yoga by, by someone else, or was this something that you researched on your own? Yeah, actually, a good friend of mine who we've been best friends since kindergarten, my friend Miriam, who is now in Japan uh, living. Hi, Miriam. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she had gone to uh, India and she studied for a little bit yoga and she was like, this is amazing. She came home and uh, she taught me just little things, you know, little uh, asanas or postures here and there. and. It just so happens at the same time there was a yoga studio uh, around the corner from where I was living. So I started going once a week, then twice a week, three times a week. I became a yoga instructor after like a year and a half, two years or something, and then it's history from that point on. Now, talk about the certification process. Um, I know with massage therapy, um, the program I went to was approximately, I think it was 700 hours or 1,000 hours, something like that. Pretty in intensive with a lot of um, anatomy and phys physiology courses and pathology, et cetera. What's the certification process like for yoga, or at least at the time? What was it like? And uh, if you want to give a plug for your, the institution that trained you. Yeah, um, actually, it's... It's still, it was and still is a 200-hour certification. Uh, there are a lot, now things have changed, and there are a lot of different uh, yoga training out there. There are a bit 
bit scary, like a weekend yoga training to be certified. So there's a lot, like people should look and see what, what really, and they should, uh, they should, if they want to be certified, they should look uh, for Yoga Alliance certification, so yogaalliance.com. And then they know that that school or that individual is registered, and so, and they've, like, uh, Sheltered Yoga is also a school. We can teach people to be yoga instructors. I can teach people the Sheltered Yoga curriculum, but also to be yoga instructors. And so uh, I have to go through Yoga Alliance and create a whole curriculum, send it in, get approval. Uh, it was the same a while ago, but um, I think it was kind of a mix of people that had been doing yoga from 70s or earlier and people that were just realizing that there was a certification. So there weren't so many people getting certified at the time. Mm -hmm. I was one of like no one that I knew. <laughs> <laughs> now it, there's like a strip mall, there's a yoga studio in it. It's exactly. like, it's unbelievable. Very similar to massage therapy. Yeah. Um, there's even national, regional chains, etc. Um, Tina, can you share the contact information for Sheltered Yoga? Because I think I may, may have made an error at the beginning of the program. Uh, sheltered Yoga is uh, shelteredyoga.org because we're a nonprofit, and so you can find us online. We're also on Facebook, which is Sheltered Yoga. We're on Twitter, and we're also on Instagram, and that's also all Sheltered Yoga. And uh, in addition, I'm on LinkedIn, so Tina Lamar for LinkedIn. Um, and you can find us in all those different places. We have, I'm, I post all the time. <laughs> I try to at least. So all right, that's you great. You can keep up with us. Right, great. So again, shelteredyoga.org. You can find uh, Tina Lamar's nonprofit organization, shelteredyoga.org on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And you can find her personally on LinkedIn, T-I-N-A-L-E, capital M-A-R. So uh, Tina, you shared a bit about what got you into yoga. And um, you touched a bit on how it helped with the, uh, I guess, I don't want to say illness, but the, the structural um, pain that you had. Can you just drill down on that a little bit and talk about that experience, the unwinding of that and how it's progressed to where you are now? The mental side of it? Or sure, physical Me side mental, of it? physical, whatever works for you. Um, well, the physical side's a bit easier, and then I can go into the mental. The physical was just literally um, kind of uh, just slowly working myself back through uh, easier postures that were mm -hmm. more um, sensitive and nurturing to the body, and then opening up to postures that were giving much bigger and larger stretches and and uh, allowing for the body to kind of open and decompress. And uh, so that worked really well, and obviously, right, so I feel great. <laughs> but uh, mentally, it was about uh, really, you know, it's interesting that you asked this because all of the years I was suffering with anxiety and panic attacks and everything, I always thought it was, I was trying to always connect it to an illness or something wrong with my body, something, you know, something going wrong and I don't know what it is and I need to find out what it is. But really it was self-esteem. It was self-worth. It was my confidence. And that, when that changed through 
meditation and breathing, everything changed. You know, I, I was bullied uh, for, it's, you know, bullying is a different language and a different, a whole different um, look now, I think, than it was. But, because uh, they don't, well, you know, we didn't have social media back then. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> but, um, but I was uh, bullied, and so because of it, I really um, had a, a very hard time feeling good enough, uh, feeling confident enough. I was always second-guessing myself. I was always, um, you know, uh, letting other people kind of, you know, take over my decision-making sometimes. And um, when I started doing meditation, regularly and also really learning to breathe differently it changed my whole my my mind became it's very hard to explain but you get a very this uh, strong clarity of decision making you get a feeling of confidence that's put that's like structure behind that decision making that makes you really feel like you're making the right decision and you should go with it and it's um it's so it's freedom, it's unbelievable, you know. And you feel like you're doing the right thing. You're for yourself, for your family, for your community. It's a it's a very it's a big connectedness in the way that you're making decisions. And actually, if you read about uh, yoga and history and how it changes people, oh, uh, there is a lot of conversation that you there's this hypersensitivity. I remember talking about it in class and my students going like, oh, that sounds terrible. But, <laughs> but really, it's that you become very aware of how you're feeling and then you start creating boundaries that weren't there before. And then you're able to, after you've kind of uh, nurtured and helped yourself, you're able then to have enough energy and mind space to help others and help them, you know, find their voice and find their confidence. And that's a, the underlying thing that I, you know, a concept and that I put in my curriculum for sheltered yoga. It's really important. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you mentioned uh, your curriculum, which we'll get into in a little bit. I'm speaking with Tina Lamar, who is the founder and creator of Sheltered Yoga. Website is shelteredyoga.com. You can, excuse me, .org, shelteredyoga.org. You can also find her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well, shelteredyoga.org. Um, it's, it's interesting that how you put it about um, the self-knowledge. Um, immediately tying into what you had said about your experience when you were on a plane and, and getting hit in the head and then that triggering the health issue that you had. But when, when you jump onto a plane, when you come onto a plane, it says that if the mask comes down, the oxygen mask comes down, mm. that you are supposed to put that mask on yourself first. Then you can go and help anyone else. And I've always thought about that, and I talk to my, talk to my neighbors and friends when we're around uh, huddling over food and, and so forth about the mentality with that. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that if we look inward and we get that peace and that understanding of who we are as an individual, it's a lot easier for us to share our experience. 
And then we're also coming from a position of, I don't want to say authority, but you're at least coming from a position of experience. So that in itself triggers that whole process of someone saying, oh my goodness, Tina knows what she's talking about because she's gone through these steps. And that, again, is, is almost like reaffirming. And big picture, I like to say, well, you know, as we build a better community, us coming together and sharing that experience with as many people as possible, now we're empowering not just our inner circle of people and close people, but also a larger entity, meaning the community, the city, the county, the state, etc. And that's how we can get to this place of true enlightenment especially from a, a spiritual perspective and something as simplistic as breathing and breathing with correct posture. And you spoke of the, the, your senses being heightened or enlightened just from simply breathing. Mm. And how many of us don't go through that process of, Hey, what am I actually doing? Um, am I just panting or am I feeling my lungs fill up? and um, the different pockets of my body, et cetera, expand. So I really want to hear more about that, and we're not going to be able to get into, into it tonight. But I do want to drill down at some point in time with you and talk about your curriculum. Because what you're already doing, not only with your, your current circle and network, you know, we've been brainstorming about some other things, and some more outreach and opening up opportunities for some people who don't know what yoga is or have a... a this um, mysticism idea about what yoga is. Um, before we go to a break, can you just talk about demystify what yoga is for some of the people in the listening and viewing audience who may be of a certain age or of a certain background who immediately think it's something else just because they don't know? Um, I have actually a really great story about that. Um, so there's one location in Trenton where sheltered yoga works, and we teach a chair yoga. And it's um, women that are like a little bit older, you know, and, and the chair is a comfort level for them. Uh, and actually, they, they're, they're amazing. They're so flexible. They're fantastic. But I noticed, so they are doing really well in the yoga. They're, they're starting to stand up and hold on to the chair. They're starting to go on, uh, stand on a mat and not hold the chair. So they're moving forward. But I noticed every time we meditated, especially like the first like couple of months that, and I explained what meditation is. I explained different types of meditation, different, gave them different options. But it would be that they would close their eyes and then an eye would open, they'd look around and they'd close their eyes and then they'd start wiggling in their chair and then they'd start looking at their phone. And I would, finally, I got to a point and I said, hey, what's going on here? Like, what's happening? Why are we meditating? And they felt uncomfortable, but they didn't want to say anything. And it was uh, maybe because they had heard things like, oh, it's... Um, you know, it's against religion or it's a whatever. And I said, no, you know, first of all, in the Bible, God tells you quiet your mind, right? So that you can have communication. So I said, let's work from there. And then they, okay. And I said, well, you can, we can do the same exact thing. We can 
have a positive sentence word or phrase that I was telling them, but let's change it to a praise maybe from church. And so they came up with the most fantastic, I love it. It's on the inhale, praises go up. On the exhale, we all know it, blessings come down. And so after we came to a, a middle ground where they felt comfortable, I was getting them to have a stronger meditation, stronger calm time. They are fantastic. Like every time they do meditation now, it's they're just in it. And they are upset when I stop the music and we're done. <laughs> so it's really, um, it's all about what you want it to be. It could just be about focusing on your breathing and counting your breath. It could be about, uh, I like to do with uh, kids a positive word or phrase or sentence. And so if it's like four words in a sentence, first two, like I am on the inhale, really awesome or really smart, really capable, you know, whatever. And so they, they inhale and exhale that sentence. And it's about um, neuroplasticity. You know, you're changing a pathway. You're creating a new pathway. In the beginning, it's going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to feel like, I don't really feel that way about myself. But it, this is what I did. Eventually, you're going to plow a path, and then it's going to be much easier to say those nice things to yourself. So that's how I uh, teach when, there's a, when we're trying to build self-esteem, self-worth, confidence. Mm -hmm. And I like that. So when we inhale, praises go up. And when we exhale, blessings come down. Yeah. And kudos to you for, for being open to going outside of what your idea or your structure was, which I also think is a problem that we have culturally is that yeah. we want to put each other into these these boxes um, an initiative that I have is for us to stop saying different races we are yeah. all of the human race we have a different skin color a skin tone um, yeah. a, a amount of melanin in, in our bodies and our skin that's it we are not a different race of people and uh, yeah. multiracial and biracial no we're not we're all of the human race and I find that when I even mention that to people, a lot of people pull back because we've been taught and said, no, this is what we are. We are different. No, we're not. Mm -hmm. And even with something as simple as an exercise, if you didn't want to call it a meditation, you wanted to call it an exercise, a breathing exercise to relax your body, not center your body. Mm-hmm. Your mind is where it is, and if your spirit is in contact with your faith, that goes back to that homeostasis of you being connected in your inner self and that calming within yourself. Now you can go out and, again, like we were saying, now you can go out and you can share that with others and you can be that positive experience for others. Um, I, I know we've got a lot that I, I want to cover. Um, I'd like for you to share the contact information one more time because, again, 60 minutes, approximately 60 minutes, is definitely not enough time to get everything in. And then I want you to give a little snippet about what's coming up in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> it's the thing that's making me not sleep at night. <laughs> okay, so shelteredyoga.org. And you can also find us on all the, well, all the popular social media sites of Sheltered Yoga. And I'm on LinkedIn, Tina Lamar, L-E-M-A-R. And we have a very exciting golf as scramble and spa event happening October 15th. That's it. Why don't you give a little bit more? Okay. Just, <laughs> just, just to give a little bit more, and, and I'll do a little lead-in, folks. So this time of the year, usually September, October, and November, everyone's bombarded. Most of the nonprofits are doing their fundraising, pre preparing to uh, – finish up their books, and get ready for the next season. It's, it's normal. Lots of the organizations are doing that in this region, um, and actually nationally. So oftentimes there are very creative types of events that take place. Sometimes there are dinners and, and uh, Monte Carlo parties and uh, food tastings and wine tastings, all these different things. Um, usually in the spring is when you hear a lot about golf outings. So this particular event caught my eye. And um, so Tina, through Sheltered Yoga, is having a golf scramble, which is similar to a golf outing, but it's mm -hmm. also involved with a spa day as well. Where is this going to take place? It is at, um, oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> it's a golf course in uh, South Philly. Oh, my husband's going to kill me. Um, it's Ron Jaworski's um, Valley Brook. Country club. There, I got it. Sorry, Ron. Jaws <laughs> uh, has got his mind on football I, I right know. now, so, so he'll be okay. I know. Well, the Eagles are doing well, so everyone yes. can <laughs> make. So, so okay. Valley Brook Country Club. Valley Brook Country Club uh, in Blackwood, I think it is, New Jersey. It's in South Jersey. It's a Ron Jaworski course, which is fun. Um, and it's going to be, it's really kind of a very different, I guess, event because it's going to be uh, golf scramble, like the normal golf tournament that you have for charity. And then also at the, simultaneously, if people don't golf, they can come and do the spa day there, which will be a yoga class, it will be massage, it will be uh, getting nail, um, hand massages, nail color change, uh, relaxing, kind of like a spa, a little spa environment we're creating, so it'll be really nice. Awesome. And uh, we're just about up on a short break, so we'll get into that a little bit more after the break. Um, you are listening and watching the Trenton 365 show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You can find more information about what I'm doing here in the community of Trenton, New Jersey, and beyond with um, music programs, uh, supporting local organizations and businesses and nonprofits, and encouraging the community to be better so that we can develop and create a better community for everyone. I'm very inclusive. I know that scares a lot of people. If you'd like to have a conversation over some food, we can do that as well. Um, I love eating and meeting people in different places, so we can always get together and chat over some food. Uh, you can send me an email, trenton365show at gmail.com. Um, literally less than a month ago, Tina and I met via social media and connected 
shared some conversations, and then the next thing you know, she's on the program talking about a wonderful event and talking about her organization that's coming up. And you out in the community can get involved in this as well. Really simple. Send me an email, trenton365show at gmail.com. Website, trenton365.com. There you can find out more about what's happening, and we will be back after a very short break. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. The website, trenton365.com. Facebook and Twitter as well. Excuse me. Facebook is Trenton 365 Show. Twitter is at Trenton 365. You're listening over WIMG 1300, the oldest radio station in the state of New Jersey and the stellar award-winning station as well. Facebook and Twitter, WIMG 1300. And if you're watching, it's over WPHY Channel 25 covering Mercer County, New Jersey. So in the studio with me is Tina Lamar, um, who is an entrepreneur, but she is a yogini with the air quotes. <laughs> and uh, we've been talking about yoga, etc., um, her personal history, and then talking about her business and her nonprofit, which is now a nonprofit, Sheltered Yoga. And the website is shelteredyoga.com. Org, and you can find her on all the social media outlets or the main ones, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagrams, Sheltered Yoga. And uh, we've been talking about the history and how Tina got involved in yoga. Um, she suffered from some mental, ish, mental illnesses as a young person and then also had a physical accident that uh, rendered her uh, with a lack of mobility and yoga after she was introduced to it by a friend named Miriam. Hi Miriam, who's in <laughs> Japan right now and we'll get Miriam's last name on that as well. And uh, Miriam introduced her to yoga so she worked on some breathing exercises and some range of motion things and uh, accepted that as a therapy to help her start moving around and uh, in 1993 she became certified and became a yoga instructor and has been doing it ever since. Uh, Tina and I met through social media. Um, it's amazing how things work now since everyone is so connected. Um, I found some information about her, reached out to the organization, ended up getting her husband who said, hey, I think you need to talk to my wife about this. So uh, he hooked me up with Tina and that was about a month ago. And uh, we've had some conversations, and oftentimes this is how it works with me in my life. Let's get together. Let's talk about it. I was telling Tina earlier, I've got a reputation as being the get-it-done guy. If you want to have a meeting and talk for two hours, I am probably the worst person to have there. But if you want to do some things and you want to get some things done, then we can go ahead and get that going. So Tina actually uh, was talking about her business and how it transcended from a profit for-profit business to a non-profit business. And we've talked about some of the different things that she suffered from, um, mental and physical illness, scoliosis, anxiety, agoraphobia, etc. And that she believes that yoga has helped her to move those things out of her life. And um, I'm excited to hear that, and I'm glad that she is here and that she is doing well. And uh, she's got an event that's coming up October 15th. And uh, Tina, why don't you share a bit more about your event? Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, we have Shelter Jugga's annual charity golf scramble and spa event. So if you're not a golfer, you can still come out and you can be part of the event by going to the spa. You'll, there's a beautiful yoga class, you'll get a mat, um, there's a massage, there's um, hand massage and 
color change, if have <laughs> nails, if you're interested. And um, the website actually that you can go to for uh, to directly register for the event is shelteredyogassd.com for uh, the Scramble Spa Day. Scramble Spa Day. So it's sheltered yoga, S is in Sam, S is in Sam, D as in dog, dot com. And you'll find everything. If you can't come and you just want to sponsor or uh, actually one of the cool things that we're doing is also, um, and people are really loving this, is if they can come, it's October 15th, sorry, it's not this Saturday, but next Saturday at Ron Jaworski that uh, quarterback that we know from the <laughs> Eagles. <laughs> Jaws! <laughs> Ron Jaworski's uh, Valley Brook Country Club. It's in Blackwood, New Jersey. And again, it is Saturday, October 15th. And if you can come, if you're busy, we have an option actually if you go to that website, shelteredyogassd.com where you can sponsor someone that we, that Sheltered Yoga works with throughout the year who will be able to then go to that event and participate in the event. And maybe that was something they wouldn't have been able to do. Um, maybe they're students, that's why, you know, maybe um, they're kind of in transition. But this is like a fun day out to kind of enjoy themselves, go to the spa or go to the, and you can sponsor for the golf end of it or the spa end of it. There's also a dinner, there's an auction, it'll be fun. I'll give you a big hug <laughs> for coming. Thank you. <laughs> That's fantastic. So shelteredyoga.org is the general website, but for the event, the golf and sp golf outing and uh, golf scramble which is like a golf outing for those of you who golf out there. And uh, the spa day is sheltered yoga, S as in Sam, S as in Sam, D as in Delta dot com. <laughs> sheltered yoga, SSD.com. If you'd like to uh, learn more about um, sheltered yoga's annual fundraising event. So uh, I'd like for you to talk a bit about what yoga is again just a little summary for the folks who may their ears may perk up and think oh my goodness a yoga <laughs> now they're gonna have me not eating meat and i'm gonna become <laughs> a vegetarian and uh and i can't do this and i can't do that and etc yeah it's so interesting um in the past i have had uh people say oh what do you do and hold on one second i, I have to throw this in there and folks the reason why I ask some of these questions that seem off the wall. That's because they're the questions and the statements that I hear people say. I'm not just coming up with these things in my head. These are things that I've heard people say. Well, I'm not going to go do yoga because I'm going to become a vegetarian. Or I'm not going to do that because... Look, pump the brakes. Expand your mind a little bit. Just listen and hear. Let it kind of sink in and digest. And then do your research. Don't let this 60-minute program, although it's awesome, don't let this 60-minute program of the Trenton 365 show completely change your life to the point where you say, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that. Do some research for yourself. That's all I'm asking you to do. Thank you, Tina. <laughs> I agree completely. Um, I've, I would say maybe it's like five, six years ago, 
Someone asked me at some house party or something that I was at that someone invited me to. They they oh, what do you do? You know, the normal question. And uh, I said, well, I'm a yoga instructor. I have a business and I do yoga. And it's a yoga and wellness business. And they looked me up and down <laughs> as I was standing there in front of them, feeling like a piece of me. They looked me up and down and said, really? Yo you're a yoga instructor? <laughs> and I was, uh, you know, I just, I had gotten to a point because I had heard that like two other times in the past. And I thought, all right, I'm done. So I said to that person, like, what should I be looking like? What really should I look like? And they go, but, well, okay, you're supposed to be vegan <laughs> and emaciated and, like, dark circles under, you know. Yeah, floating in the room yeah, on, like, air. in old braids. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what? This is not the show Aquarius. I don't even know where you're coming. So that's... Um, maybe on some, in some places that's yoga, I don't know, but, um, really yoga is just about learning how to be happier, how to connect. Yoga means union. It's a union between the body, the mind, the breath. So what people don't realize, or maybe sometimes they realize it eventually or whatever, is that we're walking around a lot of times in pieces. You know, we have something, you know, our back hurts, but then we have no time to do anything with it, so we're kind of just walking and limping, but we say, oh yeah, I gotta go to the doctor for that. Or it's allergy season, and everyone is breathing, you know, terribly, they're sniff, sniffling, it's, they can't, they have no energy because of all of their allergies, and yet they're not doing anything. So we're in pieces. We're just kind of walking around in pieces. And I think the biggest problem is stress. Stress just breaks your body down. They have all of these studies now that it leads to cancer. It leads to heart attack. I mean, there's so many major things in that you end up dying from initially what was stress, mm -hmm. that you didn't kind of uh, change your life so that you didn't have this uh, continual stress in your life. So yoga helps you to feel whole again. It helps you to recognize the things that are making it a lot harder to be happy and healthy in a single day. And it allows you to find different options through stretching, through breathing, to be able to work through those things, to get to a point where you're actually like solving the problems of things going, you know, dealing with them and then solving the problems of things going on. I mean, I've seen a lot of times in uh, yoga training, if someone goes through a whole teacher training, it's amazing the transformation. I've seen people leave their corporate golden handcuff job. They, you know, I've seen people get, uh, you know, uh, separate from a toxic relationship. Because now they have this strength, they have the confidence, they feel better physically and mentally. And so that's what yoga does, which is pretty amazing. And it's free. You can just stretch in your house. You don't <laughs> have to go anywhere. You can go on YouTube. There's one gazillion videos on YouTube. <laughs> of simple things that, that you can yeah. do. Um, I've, I've got a, another good friend, um, a childhood friend, 
um, John Scott, who is also a yoga instructor, and um, you know, he was going away on vacation and said, "Hey, John, you know, I'm going to be going away, and I'd like a, a, a nice, simple routine I can do in the morning and in the evening." And uh, you know, he said, "Yeah." He sent me a bunch of different things, like talked about the sun salutation and a couple of other things that that I could do that would be nice and simple and. I implemented it and had a great time, you know, doing my stretches and things on the beach, etc. So um, thank you for sharing that. And, and ho folks, I hope this clears up some confusion that you may have, or at least maybe something stimulates in you to want to learn more or ask some questions and find out for yourself instead of being caught in, in this box that someone created for you or you've created for yourself that isn't, that you've made it your reality, but it really isn't the reality that that you should have or you could have so I just learned something tonight that yoga means union between the body the mind and the breath and I will make sure that um, that's that's something that sticks to me when I talk about yoga going forward you know Tina before we came on the air um, you were talking about uh, body language and uh, you were talking about posture and the folks who are watching you will be able to see that what you're doing is exactly <laughs> what I notice and, and I have this very much like a I'm always kind of like laid back as much as I can, trying to be in this this relaxed, chill mode. You know, from I guess you know from lifting weights, my body just wants to, I just want to lay down, just want to relax. <laughs> but um, talk about um, what you shared with me about body language. Yeah, one of the uh, lessons that we do with shelter in shelter yoga's curriculum is we talk about body language and how. Uh, it can absolutely change the way you're thinking. It's another one of these uh, neuroplasticity, neuropathic changes that can happen just from simply changing the way you're standing. So, um, and if anyone wants to look up, there's a great TED talk by Amy Cuddy. I think it's C-U-D-D-Y. And she does a fantastic TED talk about this. And so I was in uh, a, a yeah, foster home with five girls. And one of the girls was having such a hard time. She was getting, she got kicked out of uh, public school. She was kicked out of other types of school. <laughs> and, and folks, school. if we're just joining us, we had a discussion at the very beginning. We're going to come up with another word for disadvantage or alternative, which has now become a segment of a school. Um, and remember, you know, 60, 70 years ago or more, there was the normal school. They used to say there was a normal school. I don't mm. know what the abnormal school was, but that's what Tina's alluding to, and we're still going to work on that, too. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's so, it's really hard because it's, yeah, it's terrible. You don't want to say something. But um, it's just, you know, kids that are having challenges at the time, I guess. I don't know. And so, um, and she wasn't even able to get into that school or one that was uh, actually even known for, for um, accepting kids that were having a more challenging time in other uh, varieties of schools and so this was a problem and they didn't know what to do and what her main issue was was she just if someone got too close in her space and then they were angry with her her anger level just shoots up very quickly and she'll go after them and she'll do the first punch it'll be the first punch on her with her 
So that's a problem, right? Because she's swinging first, and all, well, I mean, any swinging is not good in my opinion, but, <laughs> but um, so, and then it just escalates, and and she's, uh, I have, I've gone into that um, home in the past where it's busted, like she has busted her door, she's busted windows and things, just because, you know, when you get that, that feeling where your anger is so uncontrollable because you're so angry, you feel like you're filled with fire and you just can't stop, that feeling of not being able to stop being angry because you're perseverating in your head, you just constantly keep going over the same thing that's making you mad or whatever. So this was a major issue. So it happened to be that the other girls were doing different things that, that day, so it was a one-on-one -on -one with, uh, with um, this particular girl and myself. So I was really happy because we got to have a lot more personal time to talk about this. And that's what I found out. And so I said, okay, we're gonna do a little exercise. I'm gonna stand up and she, you know, begrudgingly stood up and, <laughs> all right, fine. And I stood there in front of her and I said, okay, I'm gonna say stuff that's gonna get you angry. She told, had told me some of the things that people have said to her like that. So, and I said, you know, we'll see how it goes. And you can feel this, you're gonna face me directly. I started saying stuff, I could see, I could feel her anger increasing, her hands tightening, like her shoulders going up, her face getting red. I mean, it was unbelievable. Then I stepped away and said, okay, now I'm gonna do the same exact thing, but all I want you to do when you feel that rage building on the inside, I just want you to do a slight turn, uh, angling yourself, so your shoulder is a little bit more facing me than, a, than your chest, and cross your arms, or have your arms in front. And she's like, okay, whatever. So we start the whole process again, and she did it, because I could see her anger going up, and she actually turned slightly, and she crossed her arms, and I kept going, and then I stepped away, and she said, I said, how did it feel? And she said, I don't know, it's weird. I didn't have the anger the same way. And I thought, well, right, because, so then we got into this conversation about ways that she could apply it, uh, and we talked about different scenarios of times where she got angry and, and she could apply it that was appropriate, like not in front of a teacher or something like this. And it worked really well, and actually the um, women that were running the house had said to me uh, a few weeks later, you know, you taught her that body language thing. She used it a couple of times already, and she didn't. And I was like, what? This is fantastic. <laughs> but really, it's, um, and Amy Cuddy says something really interesting in her TED Talk. She said, and she did this whole study, saliva test, all these other things. She said, if you stand in, and what, if you're listening, I'm doing a Superman, Superwoman kind of stance where your hands are on your waist and your shoulders are rolled back and your chest is puffed a little and your chin is up and if you just hold that stance for two minutes and then you go like into an interview or you go into a test or you whatever you have to do something that's a bit nerve-wracking if you stand like this you will have much scientifically much better success with making decisions better confidence, 
better self-control by just showing a different stance, having a different stance. And they actually did it with the, uh, the opposite also where they had people standing this test, they had people that Amy Cuddy did, they had people standing and like rolling the shoulders over, dropping the chin, kind of rolling into like a little ball kind of thing and when they're standing, looking down, not making eye contact. And those people had a harder time making decisions. They didn't trust their decision making. They would change their, change the uh, answer that they had on the paper when they were going through the study. It was really interesting. Hmm. So we've been implementing that in a lot of ways. We do that, um, especially if I can come into, if I go into a classroom and I can feel that the kids are having a very stressful day. I can, f you can see the body language. Look at people when you're walking around and you're talking to people. Look at their body language, especially kids. They really show it, and you're going to be able to change that that feeling that they have by giving them uh, a different approach. And even if they don't even realize that they're doing it, you know, say, okay, who stands like this? Superman. All right, stand like this. And then we have a conversation. Who can stand like this the longest? All of a sudden, they're feeling better. And they're happier, and they're smiling, and they're feeling more confident. It's cool. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's nice to see you do that pose. <clears throat> and um, I can see you in your, your superwoman <laughs> cape and, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I need the bracelets. Those are the cool things. Well, Wonder Woman, we could probably work that out. I've got some friends who could probably uh, mastermind and make some of those things for you. So your curriculum, um, we don't have a lot of time, but I'd like for you to share a bit more about what your curriculum consists of and who is your target audience for your curriculum. Okay, um, thank you for asking. The curriculum is very exciting to me because it took many years of kind of like uh, figuring out what works and what doesn't work for kids, adults, and actually the curriculum uh, works from school age, like kindergarten, first grade, all the way through seniors, it works really well. It is um, not all yoga, there's a lot going on. So the first part of the class is an engaging activity that's going to build self-esteem, self-worth, confidence, team building, exercises, things like this. And it's, it is, uh, there are a couple of pedagogies that I use, one of them is um, Howard Gardner, like multiple intelligence, so we're like how people are learning. I try to use a lot of different approaches of how people learn so I engage majority of that class instead of just a portion. Then the other part is an inter interdisciplinary approach, so they're learning about the brain. They're learning about the systems in the body. They're learning math. They're learning music. They're learning uh, art. They're learning to write and journal. And so that's the first part. Then we do yoga that's directly connected to that tool that we're learning in that, in that uh, activity. And then at the end we do relaxation. And it's a cognitive behavioral approach sometimes uh, to the relaxation. So we're changing our way of thinking and perception about things. Hmm, that's fantastic. And um, we're just about uh, finishing up the program. And I want to thank you again publicly for the rapid turnaround for coming on to the Trenton 365 show to share about your organization and your business model and um, all the wonderful things that you're doing and the event. Um, just plug the event one more time, please. 
Um, thank you. I want you're I want to thank you because you're fantastic. Well, thanks. <laughs> um, uh, so it's Sheltered Yoga's annual charity golf scramble and spa day. It is Ron Jaworski's Valley Brook Country Club. It is October fifteenth, Saturday, October fifteenth. Sheltered Yoga SSD dot com. You can also go on all of our social media and find links to uh, sign up for our event. Fantastic. Tina Lamar of Shelter Yoga, thank you for coming on to the Trenton 365 show. You've been listening and watching the Trenton 365 show heard Tuesdays from 8 to 9 p.m. over WIMG 1300. You can go to the website, Trenton365.com, for all of the archives. And if you'd like to send me an email, please do so. Trenton365show at gmail.com, and we'll chat next week. Have a good night, friends.